Hello and welcome to another season of Marketing Connected, where we discuss pertinent topics with leaders in the marketing and advertising industry. I am your host, Janice Tan. In this episode, regional editor Rizwana Manjur speaks to influencer Priti Naya on her mental health, rebound strategy, and client relationships post-controversy. Preeti generally uses humour to tackle societal issues here in Singapore. Better known as Pretty Please, Singapore's top everything, she has made waves with her hilarious rap videos and content. In 2019, however, her outspoken nature landed her in a bit of hot water where Singapore's government accused her of making a blatantly racist rap video and she had to apologise for it. We hear from Pretty more than a year later where she stands on the matter. Hi, Preeti. Oh, I'm pretty pleased. Singapore's top everything. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are Singapore's top everything. Thank you so much for joining us. So tell us, after that incident, were you wary of the content that you were producing? And do you now do a double take before pushing out your content? So the, the moment it happened, I remember it being, it was a very long drawn process and we were literally like, we spent many days just watching the news and seeing our faces everywhere and just waiting for an outcome. And we also felt like, I mean, the timing was just insane because it was during the National Day weekend. And of course, because this was making the news every day, we, we knew we weren't going to get an outcome before National Day because National Day had to be the biggest thing everyone was talking about. So we knew we had to wait that long weekend. And then true enough, right after that, we got a call saying, oh, we got to come down and and, and outcome is, that, that's a verdict, you know, we got to come down and hear it. So so I think like, um, because it took so long and, and stuff like that, it was just so, it was just so taxing. And during that period, every year I try and make a National Day video, I try and do something on National Day. And I knew it was kind of like, I, I don't make regular content, but I make very topical stuff. So yeah. for me, I was like, okay, I have to do something this National Day. Not doing something would mean, uh, I got silenced or, yeah. or pretty scared because like there's a big case going on. It's everywhere and, and she doesn't know like if she should do this and she's probably just keeping quiet to be safe. And yeah. the last thing I wanted to come across as is safe because I mean, since day one of making my videos, it's always been, let's talk about this or let's laugh at this first and realize that maybe we should talk about this, you know? So I think it's always been, yeah, I think the intention for me was very clear. So I never, I never felt bad about the video as well. I Because a lot of people were sending so much love and saying, I get your intentions, I know why you did this. So since then, only in the first two weeks or maybe the first month, I was very wary and I was like, okay, should I really put this out or should I like call someone? So of course, we did have legal help while everything was, was playing out. And yeah. I just reached out to the same lawyers. I was like, okay, can you guys help me take a look at my National Day script? This is so random. This is nonsense. This is a random pretty please video, but I do need a second pair of eyes. I do need someone yeah. to just look at this because this could affect the outcome. There wasn't an outcome yet. And it was too, it was, it was too real back then for me to like just constantly make jokes and stuff like that. I was like, I know, I know, I know the severity of this. So I'm just going to get a lawyer to check this out. And true enough, yeah. like they looked at everything. They were like, no, this should be safe. This shouldn't get you in any trouble or like make it worse, the outcome worse or anything like that. And yeah. and yeah, so I went ahead to put out the National Day video. And I remember the comments were just like, um, oh my God, I will come back queen. But I'm like, I never left. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I was just waiting for an outcome. So, so yeah, in the first few weeks, I was very wary. And now I think, um yeah I don't think I I think that way anymore I don't think like I think twice before something I mean I've, I'm very critical about myself and, and of my content and everything like that so yeah. I will I mean I guess I I just asked I asked my team I asked the people who work closest with me I asked the people who know me best like would this 
come across the way I wanted to. You know, does this make sense? So just like that, and nothing, nothing too like. I don't have to like go reach out to lawyers. I don't have to do anything yeah. that major anymore. So what was that like? I mean, in your in your head, how how did you process things? Because I can't imagine. You know, you've got this letter from the Singapore government, and then you're brave enough to do a a parody of the apology, which then lands you in more hot water. More trouble. Yeah. What were you thinking? I mean, I ask this respectfully. What were you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, with with the reaction and with the news and everything, the way everything happened was just so fast and it was so intense. And of course, there was so much anger. There was like, "Are you kidding? Did my point just fly over everyone's head? Like, did, is everyone calling me the racist when I'm calling out racism?" So it yeah. just felt very like I was honestly speechless, and I was like, "I don't know what to say. I cannot believe this is happening." So for a long time, I was obviously very mad, and I was like, "Um, the, yeah, like I said, the last thing I'm going to do here is be quiet. The last thing I'm going to." do here is disappear because I feel like a lot of times in the influencer industry like something happens any kind of scandal any kind of big drama everyone puts out a statement and they disappear they put they, they really go missing for months years and maybe they, they come back years later or they do random stuff after that so I was like this is not me like this is not going to happen because I've worked too hard and I've talked about too many things that are so important and I'm not going to stop because of this so in that moment I was like okay um the agency involved in the brown face ad put out what I thought was a very, very like curated apology, you know, worded so right to like hit all the things that's supposed to hit. And and when I saw it, I was rolled my eyes so hard, and I'm like, of course everyone's gonna accept this because I came from a re- reputable agency, and obviously they have a million lawyers look at this. And I was like, this is crazy. And if we put out an apology like this, would this fly? You know, would this would would we be forgiven if we put out the same thing? So honestly, it was just to show the double standard. It was just to put this out there reworded so it made sense for our music our rap video and we reworded things to literally same exact apology just changed a couple of words to and and it made sense as a standalone apology if you were going to read this and just look at what happened this made sense on its own but of course once the apology went out mothership put both apologies side by side they were like okay you know uh, they mocked this blah 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 you know satire they released statement and i was just like yeah sure i mean you didn't have to point it out like that i think everyone would have got it eventually but but does my apology still make sense on its own? It does, you know? So I, I feel like, and I was obviously going to do something that was still satire, still funny, because that's me. And that's, 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 that's literally my brand. So I, the last thing I was going to do is to um, ask someone to craft this and just, like, you know, get a team, like, like get a bunch of people to, like, look at this and put this out. And, and the fact that it didn't come, like, from me, me, you know? So I really wanted to also show the double standard. And I think clearly, you know, that, that was another thing that we managed to prove. And yeah. I'm I'm glad a lot of people like caught on that and and you know said like how can you not accept this apology but accept the Havas one you know I, I'm glad people were were critical enough to just say that because that's true that's the point. Yeah, we had you at our Content Three Sixty conference last year, right? And you were having mm-hmm. a chat with Janice at that point, and you you stated that you know your clients were pretty supportive so far, even though they know that you know your videos can be a little bit you know racy to a point yeah. or edgy to a point. Did you mm-hmm. feel like you lost any clients because this kind of pushed the needle a bit too far? Um, I definitely lost clients because, like I said, that was National Day weekend. So I was actually engaged for a bunch of National Day campaigns. And one of the campaigns was was me. I was supposed to be in the middle of Orchard Road giving out ice cream and it was a National Day thing. And I'm like, there is no way I am going to put myself in a situation where I'm in the middle of Orchard Road on National Day weekend after my face has been on every newspaper, every news outlet I can think of. And that was just like, 
I made it made so much sense. Like I wouldn't want to do that to myself. And I was let the clients also reach out to say, we don't think this is a good time to like run this campaign. And I was like, okay, that made sense. But of course I did have like I did I was working with a skincare brand. I was like about to like do stuff, like shoot stuff for their campaign, and that like fell through on the spot. They were like, Oh, I think we gotta like put a hold on this. So I mean what like those are those are the only two like once I can remember, but I'm pretty sure there were there were clients that were opposed to like reach out to me, or maybe if they thought about me, they they cancel me off their list, you know, after the brown face thing. So I'm pretty sure that happened. But then again, it also made me realize that um, the people who chose to work with me right after this happened, the people who re- were reaching out like as fast as September, like a month after this, it made me realize that these are so much more valuable relationships because you know me, you know what I stand for, and you still want me to represent your brand and you want to yeah. actually engage me to do this, even though you, you obviously read the news, you obviously knew, knew what happened. And the fact that we're still working together, I mean, it could be a beauty brand, a skincare brand, like whatever it was, nothing race related, of course. It just, yeah. you know, that's when I realized that these relationships are so much more valuable because you know me, yeah. you know what I stand for and you still want to engage me and that's important to me. So pretty as the media, right, uh, we're representing the media, what do you need from us when such a situation happens? Because, you know, it happens to us. We know you, uh, we know Siasha who was on earlier and we we do like you guys as personalities because we go beyond just seeing you on the screen and we have mm-hmm. had conversations with you. But we also have a job to do at the end of the day when something like this happens. So what do you need from your media friends when such <laughs> things happen? The amount of people who had my number on the spot, the amount of people I've never heard of my whole life, yeah. um, calling me, messaging me. I was literally sitting in police interrogations and having my phone just going off. And there was once I, I forgot like that strangers were calling me, reporters were calling me and I just picked up and it's like, uh, no, why did I pick up? You know, so I had yeah. to hang up so quick. I'd be like, I'm, I'm really not going to talk to you. And I hung up. So, and when, when everything went down, I wasn't in Singapore, I was in Bali. So it was, my phone was literally blowing up. It was 80 unread chats from people I never heard of. And it was, of course, there were also friends, people I haven't spoken to in years. You know, they were just trying to reach out. Like we saw the news, are you okay? You know, how, how are you, how is the brother and stuff like that. So, there was a lot going on. And I think at that moment, I only replied to people that, like, I was literally only talking to Wee-san, who was my intern at that point in time. And my brother, of course, was updating me on the situation happening in Singapore. And all my friends involved in the video, of course. And my mom, you know, those were the only people that I got to talk to. And once we got legal help, like, then we were talking to lawyers and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I was like, I think, <laughs> I guess it's, it's very idealistic. But I mean, I guess respecting personal space would be great. You know, yeah. if someone rejects you, someone's going to explicitly say, no, I'm not going to talk to anyone right now. I mean, the constant calling and all this. I, I know there's a job to do, but I guess if someone says no, I guess respecting that no enough. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's the media industry. It's, it's the news. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think that can actually happen. You know, if you got to get the scoop, you got to get the scoops. Preeti, how do you personally overcome hate from the audience in terms of what what is the emotional impact it has on you and how does it spur you on to be fearless and keep bringing up sensitive topics? Okay, so of course, my mental health has been a roller coaster, and when I was on the news every day, it was, I, I was really speechless. Like, I had nothing to say. I didn't know what to say and it was just a lot in my head because I was not the only person involved in this. I have, yeah. my own family member in my house was also involved in this and my brother took a very like, whatever, if we go to jail, we go to jail. Like, my brother was saying stuff like that and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, we have a mom to take care of. We have yeah. bills to pay. We have rent to pay. Like, no, you know, this cannot be it. We, and so there was a lot of convincing on my end and also a lot of having to talk to him and also help manage his emotions. As much as he was doing that for me as well. But, you know, it was a lot of... I wasn't in this alone. There's, there's a lot of, like, things here that are playing out in my own house. And 
it was a very scary time, of course. But I think now, like looking back at the amount of times, not just the brown face incident, but the amount of times I let a comment affect me, the amount of times like I post a funny rap video and the comment is not even about the lyrics or the rap or anything like that. It's just, oh, you're fat or like, oh, this Indian, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's always a racist thing or an appearance thing, body shaming thing. So the amount of times I got so affected by these things, like today, I'm just like, I cannot believe I wasted so much time, like so much emotional labor on these things because today, like I have, I'm trying so hard every day to force myself to look at the positives and I'm a very pessimistic person, but realistically in my DMs, the amount of people who take the, the time of the day to leave you a nice, nice comment, like they're not even replying to a story. They actually just went to your profile to message you. And just two days ago, I got a message saying, uh, thank you for your videos. It helped me it helped me get through my chemotherapy. And when I see like comments like that, I'm like, how can I, I really owe it to the people who follow me and people who enjoy my content to, to appreciate them more and to focus on this. How can I like 10% of the hate is nothing compared to like 90% of this amazing, like people are saying I was going through a divorce and you were there for me. You know, you were there for me more than anyone else in my life. And I'm like, and they're watching like my old videos. They're watching things that are just on the internet. You know, it's just, the fact that my content just exists and people are consuming it whenever they want and actually for it to actually be making their days, their weeks or a, a whole period of time, to me, that's just insane. And I I think I just need to like actively keep looking at these comments and actively keep responding to these people and letting them know that I'm here. You know, if you want, if you need, you need a laugh, like sure, I will be here and I hope that things get better and I'll always be here and I will not look at the haters, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Pretty, I have to ask you one last question. And it's something that I wonder a lot. Why do you guys do it? Is it really for that emotional connection or the support that you give to people? Because I, I'm a bit of a coward, okay? If you're going to DM me and tell me my video sucks or I'm fat or something, I'm going to cry for three days, right? <laughs> yeah. But why do you guys do it? Why do you put yourself out there um, to be slammed, mm. so to speak? I think I always go back to thinking about why I started doing what I do because the, the first ever video I made, like as for you please, the video that blew up was the fashion police video. And I was just making a parody of an influencer mocking people for their appearance. And for me, it was like, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, um, actually, why do I want to talk about this? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my life. It doesn't affect anyone I know. Nobody I know got bullied or affected by this. It's strangers. And then that's when I realized that it's this mentality that gets us to never speak up and never stand up for something that is obviously wrong. So that's when it hit me like, I'm not going to sit here and wait till I get bullied or a friend gets bullied or, or someone I love is in a video getting shamed for how they look. I will stand up for this stranger. I'll stand up for this person who didn't even know they were getting filmed and mocked, you know? So that's when it hit me like, oh, there's so many people who don't have a platform, who don't have a voice, but they need to be heard or like they need these things to be heard at least. So that's, I always go back to thinking about that. And I never went into it thinking like, oh my god let's let's get more followers or let's keep making videos every friday let's try and constantly keep everyone the whole singapore laughing you know i never went into it putting all that pressure on myself so i was always okay i'm just gonna if i think of something i'll do it if i think of a chinese video a Valley video like all these topical things i will have fun with it i'll try something different every year i'll try to do something that i i personally think is funny or i enjoy and if i'm laughing or i feel like i'm having a good time i am sure someone else out there is also having a good time so that that's my benchmark if I laugh at my own joke, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. And I, of course, you'll get slammed. And especially after the brown face thing, there will always be a comment talking about race. Even if no, like it could be a video of me bathing my dog, you know, and it'll be, aren't you the racist girl? You know, I, I know that it's the internet and it will yeah. always be like that. But I mean, I've come to terms with that. And I, 
I don't let that affect me anymore. And I really focus on the, the amazing parts of the internet, of course. Thank you for listening. This podcast was created as part of Marketing Interactive's PR Asia 2020 conference. This April, join us at Marketing Interactive's Content 360 virtual conference as we touch on three main verticals, content production, content distribution, and content monetization and B2B content marketing. Held from 6th to 8th April, you will hear from industry players such as Malaysia Airlines, Mami, Tupperware Brands, Banyan Tree, and Yum Brands, among others. For more information, visit www.marketing-interactive.com.